Hi, and welcome to another episode of Ending the Gaming War. From the perspective of two moms who don't game, my name is Caroline and... I'm Stephanie Hamilton. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad today to have a special guest with us. This is Maya Lisa, and she is a speaking coach. So this is pretty exciting because she runs TEDx Idaho Falls and is one of the curators. And I had the privilege of walking through what it takes to do a TED Talk, but more specifically today, the topic of my TED Talk was all about gaming, which even helped us decide that we wanted to do this podcast because we wanted to give hope and light and a positive angle to gaming. And when I auditioned for the TEDx, it was so neat to know that this topic is something that can be relevant and helpful for others. Welcome. We're glad you're here today, Maya Lisa. Why is this subject important to you as well? Thank you. It's nice to be here with you. Well, Why is this subject important yeah. to you as well? It is. Yes, it is important to me. Yeah, so I'm on a team that, that hosts TEDx Idaho Falls. And so we get in lots of applications and then we decide who we're going to audition. And then we choose our speakers from there. And we actually had, usually we don't have a talk about the same topic, but we had two of you and you had different positions, but you didn't really, because the first one was about small screens, you know, just having your, your computer and how your little kids had that, having them in their hands and how maybe we should pull back on that. But yours is about more teenagers and how maybe as mothers, we should find out why they want to do it. And Whereas the small screen is isolated, you were talking about how when they're actually gaming together, they're actually connecting. So I really think that the basis of what's interesting to me and what, as I, you know, looked at both of them and decided that we should have both positions, that they're really different is if it furthers connection, thumbs up. If it isolates, thumbs down. Yeah, that's a great angle. You know, we've actually never really talked about that and that concise way, Maya Lisa. So that was very wise on your part to notice that and to give a platform for both. So why do you think this message was important to put on the TED Talk circuit, specifically now mine, the ending the gaming war and embracing your gamer kid? Why do you feel like that was an important message for the world? Well, I teach university, so I'm teaching young adults. And I also have um, teenagers, young adults. Um, And so I could see from my experiences with students and in my own home that it was important. So for me personally, as a mother, I love the time when all four of my kids were on, you know, the little box in front and they're playing Mario Kart and all that type of thing and really connecting with each other. Then we had an exchange student and he was alone on his computer or so I thought doing Minecraft. And I was always bugging him, like, why are you doing that all the time, you know, and thinking this is going to be a bad example for my boys. And then we had a friend move in, not, um, well, he is a good friend, kind of like an older brother. And he set up a network in our home to game with my boys. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm losing control of all this. This is going to be awful. But as I listened to yours, and as I thought about a couple experiences in my classes, I thought, no, this really needs to have a platform because we need to have curiosity and understand. And I loved when at the end of your TEDx talk, you said, or as you build it through that, if, if we were curious and wanted to find out that we would understand it more. 
let me pause there and say, I had a student several years ago. She was a married student. And she said, um, I told myself I would never date or marry a gamer. And guess what? I married a gamer. Not <laughs> pretty much professional, like really at the top. And I don't remember who he is. or I don't know what he gamed in, but he was excellent. And she said, so here we are. We're now married college students. And I would come home from a busy day of, of school and I'd see him gaming and I would just like something would set me off. And I'd see one dish in the sink and I'd say to him, why are you gaming when there are dishes to do? And he's like, it's one dish. What's your problem? You know? Uh -huh. And so she said, I need to change my thinking and say, why do you game? What do you get out of it? What's it like? And so it became something that we did together, not her as a, as a professional level like him, but they had that time. So she really went in to understand that world and could see. And then when she saw the dirty dish, it didn't mean anything to her. Right. Then I had another student, we were doing debates in class and, and the debate of gaming comes up quite often. This was about four or five years ago as well. And there was an anti, you had to pick which side, you know, so there were pro gaming and against gaming. And this one student made a comment and the other one who was for gaming really thought she was offending her brother. And she, and she said, you don't understand. This is like, they, they almost came to fists about it, really. It was so wow. intense. It was. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do here? But if you, if you went underneath all of it, it was because they as a family gamed. And so she felt really criticized and, and misunderstood. And so if we always keep the blinders on that gaming is bad, gaming is bad, which there are bad aspects of gaming, but if we always keep that on, we don't understand we're missing out the aspect that you're bringing up to how it brought your sons together, how, how, how one went to college, they were still together. And so coming back to my family now, <clears throat> um, they all started doing, or most of them started doing Minecraft. I have three boys and two of them do it and one, and one didn't. And then of course they've switched, but one was at college and the other was at home has had the same thing happening. And I'd be at late at night, like, you need to go to bed. He's like, I'm, I'm playing with Matthew or, or with Andrew. And I'm like, cool, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Because it was a connection for them. Right. Yeah. And so I think that curiosity and really seeking to understand, and if it's connecting people in a good way, I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, that's just beautiful. I love the way I, you put all that. <laughs> I love how you put that too. I'm just like, wow. Okay, so I have a different question. Yep. Um, as a mom, when did you decide, like, how old were your kids when they started the game? Let's see. So the exchange student would have been a junior, and that would have mean that my um, youngest was in fifth grade. So he wasn't really gaming with him then, but I mean, when they're young, they all saved up and they wanted to get um, a game box or a GameCube and play that type of thing. But as far as online gaming, that probably, they were teenagers. Okay, and, and when did you like, how did you make that decision as a mom? Um, let's see, I think I fought, a, fought it a lot of the time and I think it would have been easier. And I go back to, to my youngest son, he was so into Doctor Who and he would put it on, mom, watch this with me. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. That is so stupid. You know? <laughs> and I really that I didn't, and I would try, but I would fall asleep. You know, mom, come on. Oh, we can't wake up. This is so cool. It's happening, you know. So the whole thing there is, is the same thing as they want to connect and share what they love, right? Mm. And so I should have done that more then. And so I think I took that into the gaming. And Obviously, there are times when I get on when I see the Amazon, another microphone's been ordered or something else that I think, oh my goodness, right? And, is he <laughs> and so forth. But then he calls and says, oh, I've got a tournament this weekend, mom. I'm like, can I watch this? Well, you can't really watch it, but I'll, I'll 
I'll send you some video clips, you know, and his excitement and how he's, he has these sprees and a team of three and, um, and, and they live in three different places and, and which good friends they are and, and have fun doing it. So do you think it, do you, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say the youngest one is the one who got into gaming more and he was really into it. And I think it's because the left, the rest had left the nest and he wanted companionship in some way. And yeah. so he met other friends. In fact, we were a couple of years on our way down from Idaho to Utah. And he said, mom, do you mind if we stop in Pocatello and have lunch? I want to meet so-and-so. And I said, who's that? And he says, oh, it's one of my gaming friends. And he happens to be coming to visit his grandparents. And so we want to meet up in person. Wow. And so they met up in person. So the grandparents and I were off on our own corner because they just wanted to be together talking and everything, meeting each other in person. It was really cool. But then he, and he has stayed very active in gaming until he got a full-time job last year and had to get up very early. And now he's roommates with who he used to game with, his brother. So he's, Matthew used to be in Idaho and Andrew at school in Utah. Now they're both in Utah and roommates. And the one who gained more is saying, can you please be quiet at night? I got to get up early. <laughs> so things do change a little bit. <laughs> okay. yeah. I just want to say something really quick, Stephanie. Uh, I got chills when you said that you know he got to meet the person he had been gaming with and i cannot tell you how many stories i've been hearing of people that made a true connection and in real life ended up being incredible friends um one of the gamers that i interviewed for my tedx talk the one that i kept anonymous he said that the some of the gamers that he had become friends with were the ones standing beside him on his wedding day so yeah. there is a true connection that can happen, a true friendship. Some people even might fall in love nice. through gaming. So it is cool to look at it that way as well. Yeah, it is. In fact, Andrew, who's, um, he became really good friends. We had a roommate and they were gaming and then they haven't been roommates, but now this fall, they're going to be roommates again. And they are two of the three that game together. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Okay, Stephanie, did you have a additional question on that last one? Well, I kind of wanted to know, was it Andrew, you're the person who came to live with you? Did you, did you kind of, did he open your eyes to maybe like more accepting of Andrew? Andrew's, Andrew's my son. No, the one that came to live with us, I mean, it started opening my eyes because I'm like, and, and I should say the year before we had another exchange student and that one was always watching movies on YouTube, right? And we've kind of have always had a very strict policy in our home of, in fact, at one time there were four desks set up in our living room that no computers alone in a bedroom, that type of thing, right? That they oh, should. yeah. And so our exchange student, he also had a desk then. And, and so I could see, he had his back to me so I could see what he was doing, you know, anytime I came into the living room and everything was out in the open. And I, and I'm just, I saw it more from a time waster or you're not really connecting with us. And, but when it could be turned to seeing that there was a, a connection, at least with someone else there or within the home, then I was all for it. Okay. It took a while, just like the, I, I fought the Doctor Who and I fought the gaming and I watched watching all the movies on YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Because I could see in him sometimes a, a more of an isolation going into that. And that may just be a coping mechanism. I think sometimes it is a coping mechanism, but when there's true connection then, and it's just like them all being in the same room, then it's an exciting time. And it's taken me a while to get there. And your, your talk helped a lot with that. 
Aw, thanks. And I also think as moms, we need to promote that as much as we can, I think, to promote the play with friends. Yeah, play with friends and curiosity and connection, right? Like, what do we have in common? What can we figure out? What can we build together? The interesting thing is my youngest now, he games with his girlfriend. And so they, well, it's more they're building a place. I think Andrew's doing like League of Legends on a three team, but he, Matthew and his girlfriend are building a um, Minecraft place together and they're always excited to show me what, what they're building or things. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And, and, and our listeners and out there- literally sitting next to each other doing it. They're literally listening next to each other doing it. Yeah, and like for our listeners out there, I mean, I invite my kids' friends over all the time. We have two TVs down there. We have a gaming system. I say, bring your gaming system. Let's play. I try very hard to promote that again and again as a mom, more than they play all by themselves all the time. Well, and Kara, one of the things you said is that when you started catching on to this idea, you said, hmm, I can get him to, okay, what are the requirements, mom, for me to do to to have you leave me alone, right? Right. (laughs) Because what you don't want to do is say, don't connect with me or with the rest of the family. If that happens, then that's an imbalance. But if they can have their own time to do what they really enjoy, and it is a true connection with other friends, that great, as long as they're still connecting and doing their chores, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember I have a friend in California who years ago, her son, very young, wanted to spend time on the computer. And she just said that I gave him a whole list of things he had to do first. And boy, did he get them done, you know? But then that was more of a win-win. Um, so I think it can't ever replace the connection in the home or with real people in real life, but it still serves its purpose if we are curious and get into it and let them connect with other people. Yeah, actually, you're somewhat answering all the questions that we had written down. I know. In in a good way. Our dialogue is going so well today that it's just moving us forward. So I'm going to basically say, what would you want other people to apply from my TED Talk? You know, something like that. I love that you said you know, we can use this to our advantage. We can get things done. We can create a balance. Take us a step further. What are some other things you learned from my TED Talk that you would want other moms or parents to know? And really, I actually ended up adding this line. I haven't even told you this, Maya Lisa. I'm on stage and I had my speech memorized beyond memorized, you know, like I still could say it right now. But I added a new word in my speech on stage and I added this speech isn't just for grandmas, grandpas, and or this speech is also for grandmas, grandpas, aunts, and uncles. And I added this word, school administrators. That just came to me on stage yeah. because I'm asking you how has that been a big part of education? Like you're a college professor. So, and now we're in this weird world of distance learning. So basically tell us some tips that you want other people to learn in that realm that this is a part of education too. It is a part of education. As I, as I talk to my students, sometimes they'll say, yeah, I binge watch Netflix. This is a coping mechanism. Um, or, you know, I was up late gaming. And I think it just, again, comes to if it motivates them to, open up their minds in some way. Um, so a few years ago, I went to a lecture that talked about how if we actually used our grading system 
almost had gaming in it that it would help the students because it was a way for them to check in and to see kind of what level they're at in the class because students want to know how they're doing all along and they get really frustrated when a professor doesn't put in grades until the end and they're like, what, how did I get a C, you know? But if they can know they can up level somehow by doing this or that, or that, that you're gonna start me to see and then I can do better if I'm, there's so many fun things you can put into that. We've just recently changed our LMS and so I don't have that in that, but it's something I, want, I now want to look at mm -hmm. again, is what can I do then to motivate my students in a way that they speak, which most of them in some way or another is, hey, did I hit this level or not? That's actually big and I wanted parents to hear that. Like this is really incorporating education. So I was doing a training one time in a seminar room. I'm a, you know, organizational development coach and consultant and I'm a speaker. And this man in my seminar room, he develops apps. And he said, it really is all about giving them progress along the way. And the more progress that you can let them know along the way, the more they want to keep doing it. It's kind of like the addiction factor, of course, that we have to worry about there. But the reality is, is it's a whole now two generations, millennials and Gen Z, that are used to that immediate feedback and whether it's positive or negative. And so this is what I teach now in the corporate world, you guys. You can't expect a person to wait for their annual performance review. Right. What? Like, that's mind-blowing to them. I have to wait a whole year? Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Maya? We want to know right away. And here's the truth is we do know right away because of body language. But it's not then communicated and we, and we need to know. And I think of the, the 49ers coach a long time ago, Bill Walsh, and, and I think this is right. I, I could be have it wrong. But anyway, I, what I understand is after a game, he would tell them everything they did well. And then when he got them excited, he'd say, and we could just fix this one little thing. I think we also need to switch how we give that feedback. And, and for me, too, I always see what's wrong. As a speech coach, you know, I, I would yeah. tear you apart. That's what I see is what's wrong. And I don't often tell you all the right things that are there. Part of that's for time and I'm just zero in and trying to make it better. But I think we need to hear that we're doing well. I mean, even in a relationship with a spouse, you want to know, I would live for those days like, yeah, you're such a good mom, you know, and then think, oh, am I not a good mom anymore? Because I didn't hear it. It didn't mean it wasn't the case or I didn't feel that way. But, you know, we need to have that feedback. We need to know how we're leveling up each day, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But you brought up addiction and I... And I'm not a, a doctor. I don't know anything really about psychology. But at one time I did read that addiction comes from the lack of connection. And the way to correct addiction is to establish a reconnection. So I think that... That's beautiful. That's really good. Yeah. And I, and I would have to look more into it and see how that's scientifically proven. Or but it really struck me when I read that. I'm like, wow. So yeah, when I kind of come within myself and I'm alone and I'm coping or whatever, it's because I feel disconnected from whatever, whatever the situation is. But when I step back in and reconnect, then those addictions are of, you know, wanting to watch a Netflix movie don't even enter my mind. Well, and I'm going to comment to that. That's why you as a speaking coach corrected me in a good way and said, let's not go down that trail. I never said the word addiction because we didn't know enough and that would be a speech in and of itself. But let me tell you something, and Stephanie knows, this is my theory. I think 
people are quick to label a gamer as addicted when they haven't taken the steps to do everything I taught in the TED talk of be curious instead of critical, create a balance. They're probably not addicted. You just ask them to shut off the game when they were still in the middle of their match, right? So it looks like you have this almost tyrant kid in your house that won't obey you when you need them to come right now, but that's not the case. And so then we just say, and Stephanie, you're against this too. And I love it. I think that's why we're doing this podcast together is there isn't this weird black and white, like, okay, so since I somehow have mustered up the thought that I think you're addicted to gaming, no more gaming altogether. Yes. And, or people just go the other way and they're like, I give up, screw it. My kid doesn't have to do any chores. Fine. They don't have to look anybody in the mm-hmm. eye for the rest of their life. I've lost <laughs> them. You know? Yeah. So it's crazy because if people just, again, use some of the tips and advice of, you know, just asking, where are you at in your match? Okay. Hey, this afternoon it's called, we're going to have our, you know, the grandparents over it's called communication. And really that solves that whole addiction label when it comes to gaming outside of somebody that maybe truly is. What's your thoughts on that, Stephanie? No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just want to walk in the middle. I think we need to train our kids and guide our kids to teach them how to hobby, like to handle a hobby. If we don't teach them how to handle a hobby, how are they ever going to have one? <laughs> I don't know. I just think we are all excited about painting or sports, but gaming is still a, it's part of our culture. It's still a hobby. So how are we going to teach them how to do that? You know, how are we going to teach them? We need to teach them how. So and I'm can be. reflecting on, excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it's to okay. No, 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 go ahead. Well, you're asking me as a mother, how did I understand it? And I think in the beginning, I really, like I said, I really reveled with the kids, the four kids playing together. Um, but then when the exchange student comes and I see it isolating, I, I make that judgment. Oh my gosh, you're addicted. You're not doing things. Whereas he was still doing well in school. He was still having fun. I made that judgment. Just like in that debate, the one girl made the judgment about the other. Or in that marriage of the, of the young couple of students, she made that judgment about her husband until you really seek first to understand. So, so my husband, he used to uh, work for Stephen, Stephen Covey. And they taught the seven habits. And one of those habits is seek first to understand. Oh, yeah. Understood. And I think that's where I needed to get more into their world. I mean, even someone who, if we want to make any influence, we have to really understand them. If we're always just in our corner, again, coming back to teaching speech, if you're trying to persuade someone, if you're going to say this is the way and, and you're wrong over here, you'll never make a difference. You've got to look and say, I mean, just like we need to have conversations about all the things that are happening in life right now. We need to be curious and understand it and find that common ground. And so the common ground that I'm hearing you say is, as a mother, I want balance. Mm-hmm. And um, how do we bring that balance to, put, you know, to, to our child's life? Because we still want them to um, be citizens out there that are they're really great citizens and doing all the things that they need to in the home and everything, but still something that they enjoy. I remember as a kid, and I mentioned this to you once before, we didn't have TV was TV and it was live and it, you, there was no, rewind. you couldn't record it, you couldn't pause it. There was no rewind. There was nothing like that. And I wanted to watch certain, my brothers and I wanted to watch these certain um, shows and they happened to be around mealtime. Right. Oh. So we, oh, that's right. 
please do it. Please call us to dinner right at 6 or at 6.30, but not in between. Don't call us at 6.20 or 6.25, you know. And so if she did sometimes, we, one of us would run to the TV, we would turn the volume down and say, quick, say the blessing on the food and then turn it back up so we could hear the last five because it wasn't there because we didn't want to miss out on that either. That's just like you kicking your, you know, your kids, um, the cord and it's gone saying, mom, you know, so right. it's yeah. giving us, give us that half hour, right? Yeah. yeah. That actually, uh, see, I've said I could do part two of the TED talk and that could be a story in it yes. in and of itself. All right. Well, we're at time. We need to wrap up. And basically, I want to thank you, Maya Lisa, for being here. You've given us not only wisdom on gaming, you also brought this message to the world. You work really hard to make that TEDx Idaho Falls a great event, along with everybody else on the team. So we want to thank you here today. Stephanie, I'll let you have your closing thought. You added some really good insight about addiction and uh, just being a mom yourself and how you walk that out. I think more people need to hear more stories about where moms have walked out, being more curious and critical. So I think we need to hear more of those. So thank you for sharing that. And I think being curious will bring that connection. Mm -hmm. Being critical we know brings disconnection. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Well, make sure you subscribe to our Facebook page, Ending the Gaming War and look at it on YouTube. And we've really enjoyed our time together. Stephanie, anything else you want them to know? No, I'm just grateful that Mia Lisa came on and shared her heart, so. And I wanna put in a plug to make sure you go to YouTube and watch Kara's TEDx Idaho Falls talk. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you worked hard on it, and so did I. Yeah. <laughs> that was hard as her though. <laughs> All right, until next time, we'll see you.